welcome to Scene Partners. Scene Partners. And that was Cody. And that was Chris. Yes. So, Cody, what uh, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the benefits of the arts in smaller communities. That was eloquent. <laughs> Loquacious, even. It was loquacious? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, all right. I just said community theater. Yeah, we're talking about community theater. Well, I mean, it is the arts. True. So it makes sense. <laughs> I just was reading. Arts. Isn't that what we said? I can't remember now. Maybe we started this off very combative. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry. Now we're in it. Now we're going. Okay, let's go. So I was just trying to remember what we wrote on the board. We said last time, did we say the arts or did we say community theater? Well, we kind of dipped into community theater and it's kind of what we've been dancing around. But mm -hmm. uh, ultimately we had started, I think we left off with you saying that community theater in the professional world is a dirty word. Yeah, well, I, I kind of always felt like that. Like people would talk about it as if it were a dirty word. And then, you know... You'd start to, I don't know if dirty word is the right way to think about it. I guess it's more or less like. Um, Maybe the connotation. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's the difference between the major leagues and the minor leagues. Yeah. When you yeah, think yeah, about yeah. it that way, like, oh, they're doing it, but they're not like doing it like the major leagues. Are. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. don't know. I don't know if there's a, an appropriate way to explain it, but it is. Interesting because you you go around thinking like oh well it's not possible for there to ever be a good show or a good performance at a community theater and I think for a little while I had that stigma yeah of thinking like oh yeah I mean it's it's just community theater it's kind of like when I work with the kids and I say um, we don't want this just to be children's theater I hate it whenever people say mm -hmm. that I think it's the same thing with community theater I mean good performances can happen whether or not it's a professional actor up there that's getting paid to do it, you yeah. know? And I think it has a lot to do with the person and the preparation that goes into it and, and you know, whether or not your heart is into it and how passionate you are about the project. So I do think that um, maybe in the professional world, sometimes it has a little bit more of a negative connotation because it's, it's, um, it's looked at as as not being as polished or as prepared. Yeah. And I don't think that's across the board, but I think that that's kind of the the stigma that it gets. For sure. And I've definitely been in some community theater that felt like community theater in that aspect <laughs> of being unprepared and not as polished as it should be. But you know, you're also there are a lot of factors in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're you're working with people who this is not something that they have dedicated years and years and years of their life yeah, to true. perfecting. And then you, you know, take somebody who is a construction worker and you say, Hey, now you're going to be Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of now want to see Romeo and Juliet set at a construction site. Romeo is just trying to, you know, put up a wall or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of fun times. Um, yeah, but anyway, so, uh, and, and they're not used to doing these things. Yeah. And now you've thrown them into this world where you're saying, hey, even though at work you might have to stifle your emotions a little bit more than we want you to hear or that you want to at work, um, but we want you to express yourself. And I feel like a lot of people in their normal day spend so much time trying not to actually talk about how they feel. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to, when you have a, a boss or something that's you know, somebody that's hard to work with and you have to, you know, you have to be professional and so you can't really express yourself in the way you want to. And then you come into the theater and we're like a bunch of weird, you know, crazy people who are wanting you to cry in front of everyone. <laughs> right. We while you're being rawness. Yeah. While you're being the Romeo construction worker. <laughs> we want <laughs> we want to see you. What what were, for you was the first either that first show or maybe even that, that thing that gave you the bug. Cause mm. I know it started in community theater. So what, what was that for you? Well, you know, that is, that is very interesting and, a, and an awesome question. Um, speaking of like the bug of theater of like mm -hmm. the thing that you catch that you just can't get rid of. Um, it is for me, I always wanted to be an actor and, uh, at home, you know, it's probably the classic story of constantly coming up with weird performances that your poor family has to sit there and watch. And <laughs> um, and I was never really brave enough to take the step on my own. 
you know, where we grew up, it was very, very far away from any sort of town. You know, we, we definitely, I grew up in a, I grew up 30 minutes outside of the one caution light town. So <laughs> it's not like there was a community theater there. Um, our public school, our high school that I went to, our junior high that I went to, elementary that I went to, none of them had any sort of arts programming outside of um, possibly choir, you know. So um, I think there was there was a band in high school, but um, we had band and choir, and that was the extent of the arts. Mm-hmm. Everything else is 100% sports and those kind of things. Oh, for so, sure. For me, in order to do theater to begin with, I was going to have to drive or ride rather um, an, an hour, an hour, 10 minutes to town to do that. So um, it just kind of seemed a little bit out of place for me and not, and it, it just wasn't in reach. Um, the summer of uh, between my sophomore and junior year of high school, actually, which is pretty late for some people, uh, my mom who worked at the school at that time, uh, she got a, uh, she got a pamphlet. (laughs) Um, It's just, just like thinking about the stories that we tell and how archaic they sound now. (laughs) She got something in the mail (laughs) and, um, and it was for a a local children's theater summer workshop, which was, uh, it was called family playhouse and it existed, which it sadly, uh, is, is no longer in existence anymore, which is heartbreaking. But, um, at the time, it was the only children's theater in reach. And so my mom just signed me up and didn't actually tell me about it. And they were putting on an original musical. And <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was terrifying. I remember being very, you know, I was a teenager. So I was excited but pretended to be very upset right. with my poor mother. And... Um, and she got me there for this audition. And I had never auditioned before. And I was just, you know... Oh, I would. I, I, I look at it now, whole and body was shaking. Oh yeah, and and I was just so embarrassed and nervous to be there because everybody else had been doing this since they were little bitty. You know, yeah. they had been. They all knew each other really well. They were all friends outside of the theater, and ugh. and then there was you know poor country Cody who you know country mouse came to town <laughs> and auditions for a musical. Um, I had never sang in front of anyone before, like on my own. And we had to, uh, yeah, it was just, I was just really nervous. I, I can't even remember if I had to do a monologue. I don't even know. I think that they just gave me a free pass. I think they were like, <laughs> this kid will pass out. Um, but I got up, it was, um, it was Bill Bush and Aline Owens, mm. uh, who are two really brilliant children's theater writers. And they used to write these musicals for Family Playhouse that were hilarious. One of my favorite was um, The Little Red Hen. They did a musical version of The Little Red Hen. And I just remember there was this scene with a, um, with a, a pig singing this jazz song that went ba-na-na-na-na. And he had like a corn <laughs> a cornstalk mic in his hand. And this uh, this little kid said, I'm naked, ba-na-na-na-na, <laughs> under my clothes, da-na-na-na-na. I'm so very naked under my clothes. Um, of course, whenever seeing the kid do it is a little bit better than me, but it was very, very funny. I mean, they just were, they were brilliant. They understood children's theater mm-hmm. in the way that it should be charming and fun. And, and it, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be Disney, which yeah, yeah, yeah. yet again, trying really hard to stay on topic. Yeah. Not gonna, not gonna get tangential. So, um, so Bill Bush and Aline had written this musical called Disco's Dead, and it was essentially about Bill Bill's childhood and um, him like growing up and moving from Indiana, I think, to Louisiana. And uh, I was in the room, and there were two older girls there, and uh, who it was uh, Lee Schneider and Brittany Toops, and they stood up with me because I was so terrified when it was my turn to audition because everybody was just in the room together. It was like a summer workshop kind of vibe. So everybody was just in there sitting in a chair and they had to stand up one at a time and sing and do their audition. And, um, I stood up and just nothing was happening. And (laughs) they said, can you sing? And I said, I have sang before. Of course it was probably like, I have sang before. (laughs) And, um, and so they, so, so Brittany and, and Lee both stood up and they said, well, how about we sing with you? Which like in hindsight, looking back on it, these were two teenagers, like other teenagers that clearly either I looked so sad that they just felt the need to jump up and help 
or they're just good people. Yeah. I'm thinking it was probably both. <laughs> but they jumped up and they they offered to sing with me so that I wouldn't just sing by myself. So um, we sang Happy Birthday, I think. And we sang the three of us. And I'm pretty sure when we got to the section that it was like Happy Birthday to... I just went, hmm, hmm. <laughs> But, you know, it was just f- to begin with, like, as the very first moment, an introduction into the community aspect of theater, that, to me, I think, encapsulates all of my feelings about it. Yeah. You know, there are these people, they don't know who I am. Everyone in the room were so supportive of me. Um, they... <laughs> Even to the point where two people would get up and and help me try to feel better about this audition, <laughs> right. just to get me through it. It's either um, <laughs> it was either you know something like that, or they just wanted to get me out of the way yeah, so that yeah. they could then get up and blow everybody away with their let's, awesome talents. Let's, let's go ahead and get him done so we can <laughs> do our thing. But that summer, I mean, I learned a whole lot. I and I try to remember that experience a lot now. Whenever I'm working in communities mm-hmm. with children, especially, and like nothing is coming across like I'm because I got cast in that because I I'm a pretty big dude and at the time I think I was a junior so I was probably done growing I was 63 yeah and I had a deep voice and they um they cast me as the mean jock so <laughs> I like it was not a singing role, so that was very nice yeah, for me. Yeah. And um, and I had to be the mean guy, and they still like struggled. I just could not like I didn't want to be mean. Mm-hmm. And so I remember Aline Owens, who is five foot one, and her like grabbing my arms and shaking me and just being like, "Just get angry." And we're like, "I don't want to do that." Um, but she, her, and Bill were both so patient throughout that whole process, and. It was so fun getting to meet everybody, and it was finally like, for me, finding my people. Like I fit in yeah. here because where I grew up in the in the country, it was you know it was kind of all about sports and hunting and those kind of things. That is never ever been who I was, right? And or and you any, don't fit in there. You don't. You fit do not. In. No, <laughs> I said I was saying you do not. We neither of us fit no, in no, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither of us fit in there. And since there were no art arts you know in our schools Mm -hmm. this family playhouse really was the only thing that i had to bring that side out of me and to be honest like i don't don't know where i would be today without family playhouse yeah which um and that and making it all the way through that first audition um (laughs) because my entire career my whole life has been shaped around really that that pivotal moment and um yeah, so Disco's dead, and we had to rollerblade. We had to uh, rollerblade in the beginning, like Starlight Express. That's such we had a rollerblade. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> well, this was Disco, so this was uh, I said rollerblading. It was it was you know the the oh the skates the skates yeah okay it was skates that <laughs> so we you're borrowed. stuck in the nineties yeah right? I was stuck in the nineties um yeah we were on skates and we had to it was it was I'm a roller disco skating machine skating machine <laughs> skating machine. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could still do that show today. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, I I feel like I feel like I should contact Aline and Bill now and be like, hey, I really want to we're, we're gonna do a Zoom, a Zoom disco's dead. I okay. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, you re you sort of memory recall for names and, and that story alone just blew me away. I went, I well, don't even I remember mean, these people's well, names. Well, especially because I have a hard time remembering a lot of people's names now. Yeah, but you know what? It was such a vivid memory for me, mm. and it was, it really, you traumatic. know, it, it, yeah, in a, in a <laughs> sense, it was traumatic. But in like, a, is there a good version of trauma? <laughs> I don't know. If no. There is, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I still every once in a while I think about that day, and I think about finally, you know, I've, I'm sure that other people have the same experience in other fields when they finally meet people who are like minded and enjoy the things that they enjoy. And for me, that was being silly and playing with my imagination and being around a group of people who also did that and, you know, didn't make fun of anyone for it. And there was no judgment. And I was no longer the weird guy in the corner. I was like, you know, just another one of the the people. It's kind of like the Island of misfit toys. Yeah. I I had finally found the other misfits. Your tribe. Exactly. Yeah. Um, What about you? Oh, 
Did you have a disco stand experience? I, didn't, I, didn't, I almost didn't expect you to uh, throw that back at me. Um, you just expect me to be too self-centered I was just to keep ask going you a question? Down, down the line there. Um, I, you know, the first show that I ever did, um, I was in college. Um, and that was Into the Woods. So that was later Yeah, later way later. Yeah, yeah, Into yeah. the Woods was your first Very first show, show yeah. Oh. Yeah. Talk about jumping in. What? What? Mm-hmm. Um... And you played the steward, didn't you? I did. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember. I mean, I saw. I, what's crazy is I remember watching that show. Yeah, that's that's wild. Again, a mutual friend of ours that we both had at the same time and yeah. didn't know. Had no idea who the guy was playing yep. the steward, but I do remember who it was that was playing the cow when the water bottle fell <laughs> out of their suit. <laughs> Forgot uh, all about that. I will never forget that. That was one of my favorite Into the Woods moments. But I, I I wouldn't say that that was the moment that I got the bug necessarily. I think I think it for because me, you're not a huge fan of the musical. Ah, uh, no, nope. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that disparagingly to people who do really enjoy musicals. But not I enjoy, everybody loves the same yeah, thing. I enjoy the character study. Like when somebody puts on a great performance, or if it's really well written, like to that to me, like speaks mm-hmm. so much. And it was really uh, much ado about nothing. Ooh, that actually gave me the bug, yeah. And I resisted wanting to do that show. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this show. You know, I, I think a lot of people show. resist doing or you know wanting to read Shakespeare because of a lot of our teachers in high school. Mm-hmm. I think, that, and I, not to not to say anything bad about teachers in high school who are teaching yeah. Shakespeare, but I think you know Shakespeare is taught in literature class. And it's not it's not a sit down and read yeah. with a bunch of people who don't really want to be there kind of a thing. It is it is was written to be performed. And mm-hmm. I think whenever you look at it academically, for me, that was my my whole thing. I used to I used to hate Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, until I finally met somebody who talked to me more about the emotions behind the text and you know, seeing how creative it is about expressing a feeling and an idea, that was kind of my tie-in. Right. Like, this is amazing. And it's a challenge. I have to tell and I have to feel this way mm-hmm. and express it in a way that makes sense in this 150-word sentence right? whatever it is. But it's not was, 150 words. It's more like 55. Well, so. Yeah. But it, it, was, it was in that moment that in doing that show that it felt like... Sure, maybe they don't understand the language, but can I still tell the story? Mm-hmm. And that's so much more what I'm interested in is the storytelling aspect of it. Oh, yeah. And that was the moment that I thought, if I can connect to an audience in this way and make them feel, and hopefully make them feel, let me say that, um, what this character feels, then, oh, I'm in it. Yeah. I, and that was the, 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 the click moment for me. That's awesome. That was a lot shorter than my story. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it also... Not that anyone would be surprised by that. <laughs> it wasn't my first show, and also my first show I was kind of thrust into because I was in a theater appreciation class. Oh, yeah. And friends with uh, our mutual friend, John Willie. Who I forced into a show. Which is which funny is... because he then threw me under the bus to be in that <laughs> show, too. <laughs> that is really that's really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, speaking about, you know, I was talking in, in my experience about how I had to, you know, drive mm-hmm. an hour and 10 minutes just to be able to do theater and because we didn't have it in our schools. It, was that a similar experience that you had? Cause I know that you also went to a smaller school oh, yeah. kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah. There was no opportunity for mm-hmm. me growing up. And as a person who I'll reluctantly admit that I up until I was about 18, 19 years old, probably went around and played pretend far longer than it was socially acceptable to do so. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I've been so interested in 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 doing that and and not having that avenue and then getting to college and they're like, hey, we need somebody. Can you do mm-hmm. this? And it's like, I don't know if this is manifest destiny or or if this is the moment that I've been waiting for my entire life or what it is, but... I'm all about it. Let me let me have it. Let me let me do the thing because I I wanted for so long to have this opportunity to come along. Yeah, it's interesting how it feels like you know you you have a calling to do something, and it mm-hmm. seems weird to say you know I felt so much um, uh, such a need to be able to get up and express myself in that way. Yeah. Like I felt like I have to do this. This is 
it's kind of like from a, a, a young age, I always knew that I wanted to perform, you know, mm-hmm. in any aspect. I, I mean, I enjoyed so much just getting up in front of my family and doing weird voices as long as they laugh. I mean, <laughs> I would do anything for a laugh yeah. as a kid. And I'm sure a lot of it was them just looking at me like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry and embarrassed and I'm laughing out of embarrassment. <laughs> but they still laughed and it, it filled me with joy. Um, well, it, it, it is interesting. You know, we were talking about the 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 benefits and why small communities mm-hmm. need theater and why it is important. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, the very first thing that ever, ever gets cut. It's never going to be football. Oh, never. And um, it is always 100% the arts. And it's so crazy to me whenever, you know, the people who are making these decisions, I understand that football brings in money. Mm-hmm. It does. That's the whole, that's the whole point. Yeah. It's not, and I'm sure that there's going to be somebody who's a big football fan that's like, no, it's not just money. It's money. It's because when you look at the benefits between what, what does football bring to your school as opposed to a thriving arts community? Oh yeah. I mean, on the real world applications of it, I mean, sure, football, yes, it brings you discipline and, um, you know, there's exercise. It's really hard for me to try to find the positive here. Uh, <laughs> it brings you exercise or yeah. whatever. But I mean, you look at theater and it brings you public speaking skills and, mm-hmm. and it teaches you how to collaborate with multiple people on multiple levels. Um, it, it's, it's, it is so many things. Yeah. And you, I just I don't understand why that to, that is always the first takeoff. Is it's like yes, we'll 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 take this box off. We'll get rid of this. Right. And what's crazy is right now during these sort of coronavirus times, mm-hmm. the arts are what people are looking to oh, the yeah. most to occupy their time. Well, and it's kind of like the people don't understand that Netflix is a part of that. Yeah. You know, like all these things that you're watching, all of these people did community theater somewhere yep. along the way. And if they didn't, then they got their real mothers lucky. were producers and their moms were producers <laughs> or, you know, they knew somebody. But I mean, they had the arts in their lives in some sort of way that let them down this path. Yeah. And this is what everybody's looking towards. I mean, they're looking looking at entertainers for some type of reprieve from this. I just uh, I hope that someday we find ourselves in a situation. I mean, we live in a very rural community. And it is um, funding is low for education to begin with. Oh, yeah. But I hope that there I I think my biggest hope coming out of this uh, uh, pandemic is that there's a resurgence in the arts in some kind of way. Oh, hopefully. Renaissance and people want to give money to it. You know, we we work um, as we we own play on theater company and we do theater in multiple communities and we branch out with into, into different areas, but we have a community theater here in, in our small town of Marksville, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, it's, it's the Fox theater and the Fox reaches out to these kids that I feel like I, I was that kid. You yeah. Know? And I never thought that I would ever be in children's theater. Right. Never thought that. I mean, of course I probably thought for a very long time in my vanity that, you know, I'd be, I don't know who Tom Holland. <laughs> I was never going to be Tom Holland. <laughs> You're way too tall to be him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, pick pick some some gorgeous. I enjoy actor. that Tom Holland was your go-to. Well, it's because I looked at you and that I know that you're like a big <laughs> Spider-Man fan, and it's the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, who's some famous guy? Um, I don't know. Ricky Gervais is probably who I should have said. Yeah, that's. I was going to eventually be Ricky Gervais, the yeah. American Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Um. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Well, then... <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me so distracted. I'm so sorry. Um, but what about, like... So- oh, yeah. So at the Fox, I look at these these kids. I never thought I was going to be in children's theater. Mm-hmm. And I look at these kids coming in, and, and I know that, you know, I've had so many experiences like this where a kid has has come up at the end of a, of a production that has never been inside the theater before, and the first thing they say is, you know, thank you for doing this. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I finally found a place where I belong. Yeah. And I do remember the first kid that ever did that. He was one of those kids in the beginning that was like me and was absolutely terrified to audition and was a little scared and, and nervous about where he was. 
and around all these crazy weird people that are jumping around and doing these acting warmups that seem insane. And through the process, um, he, he just kind of, I saw who he was. Yeah. 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 You know, I saw him become who he is now. And, um, and he's is a, a an amazing young kid now. I mean, he's he's a teenager now, but um, he uh, he came up to me after the show. I think he was around like eleven, mm-hmm. and he handed me a note and it said, "Thank you so much for doing this. I finally found a place that that I belong and something that I'm good at." Mm. And ugh, you would talk about me crying in the corner. I was just like, this poor kid was not expecting this emotional you fell to response, pieces, didn't you? I fell to pieces. And that happens so often. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that we have a place like the Fox in our community and that we, you know, also have a, that we also have a theater company where we can go into other communities and perform with these kids that don't have the opportunity because funding is so low. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of it is that there might be funding there for arts programs because the NEA, I mean, I was looking at some stuff today. The National Endowment of the Arts has they they fund so many arts programming and mm-hmm. it's it's sad that the national endowment of the arts has to fund things that really should be funded on a local level yeah and that they are the ones that are giving us these this this money i mean i feel like there has just got to be a better way yeah i have no answers agreed <laughs> but i feel like there has got to be a better way i mean i know for us it's very nice that we have the support of our community and uh, that they see the the benefits in it, you know. And, and speaking speaking of the benefits of you know building that sense of community, um, when we did our reading for Red, um, our stage reading for Red, and that we were able to collaborate with other uh, art forms, like mm-hmm. the, when we did it for the River Oaks, right? And it was Red this... is a Red is a two man show written by John Logan, and it's about the artist Mark Rothko, yeah. And it's a like a fictitious telling of kind of towards the end of his life while he's painting the Seagram paintings and it's uh, him and his assistant. So it was a a two man show and they took a lot of what Mark Rothko actually said about his art and put it in there. So it's kind of, I don't know what you would, it's not like a documentary or biographical. Yeah. It's like a, they used a lot of his own words. Yeah. I guess kind of thing, but it was really cool to collaborate with the River Oaks Art Center mm-hmm. and to do this show with art kind of all around us. Oh, it was so cool. And it was it was this very cool moment to 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 sort of like bring these worlds together mm-hmm. because a lot of people think like oh well paintings and and sculptures and things like that are very separate from acting or performing yeah they feel like everything has its own lane yeah and we were able to sort of blend that together and be up there in front of all these artists and things like that and have Mm -hmm. their art on the wall and it was this really cool moment of of bringing everything into a very cohesive way that i thought was like awesome and it was cool too because there were a lot of people in that audience that i did not know yeah which was really neat you know a lot of times when we do shows there you see a lot of the same people yeah, that yeah. are more willing to go to theater. And this was kind of a weird thing. And we were able to bring in a, a different kind of audience. I mean, mm-hmm. the show is a little bit more adult. Um, and I think a lot of people in community theaters, I know in our community, um, given the nature of our town, we try to do a lot more things that are family oriented and we don't necessarily want to have the opportunity to alienate anyone because yeah you know, you want everybody to feel welcome and supported, but you also, it's, it's a fine line. You, you still have to be able to tell other stories. Yeah. 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 And that's what I thought the response to, to, to red was so great because people hadn't really seen anything like that mm-hmm. in our community in so long, you know, this is a very raw play. Yeah. 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 For and, sure. Uh, I know, you know, going into that, it's been a very long time. And you know this because you were there, but it has been a very long time since I was nervous. Oh yeah, and like I, I probably can't remember. The I was last looking time. at you, and I thought, "Why is he shaking?" Yeah, I and was then you know we we were doing a stage out. reading, so we had the the scripts in our hands, and there was one moment at the very beginning, you had gotten a little lost. Yeah, and from my perspective, you know, you're the ever present sort of professional who is willing to deviate 
right? <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean that's part of theater, right? That's uh, what that's what makes theater so much better than like I film need, is that we're I'm in so the moment. That we're that not that is recorded at... forever. I just want I want that like <laughs> that's like the epitaph. I don't. It's like the thing that's gonna go on my. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things. I don't know if I'm insulted or like if I've been complimented. <laughs> that's kind of my specialty. I don't know if you're insulting me or complimenting me, but I'm gonna take it. I mean, it. I'm gonna take it. I really like that. Um, but but in that in that I just remember thinking then I got nervous after that because I felt like the stakes were so raised mm-hmm. because you you were in it. And that's I mean, that's the beauty of doing theater to begin with. It's like, oh, he's in it. He's in it. All right, mm-hmm. I'm in it too. Let's let's yeah, let's let's, let's go. Like really flesh this out. Let's Here we go. I mean, for me, it was such a you know we were do we were performing this show in an art gallery. Um, it was a very um, let's say the acoustics were very good in this. I mean, oh I could, yeah, I, I pretty much had to whisper my way through the script because I was I felt like I could hear myself echoing mm-hmm. as I was whispering. I mean, it was so loud, and you know you have that that barrier of this script. And for some reason, you know, I'm so used to being overly prepared with what I'm doing. And I know all of my lines and, you know, I, I know that this was a staged reading, but we, we had gone over it a lot. I mean, we had rehearsed the show and we went through, even though we were just doing a stage reading and we had some movement, but it wasn't anything crazy. And, um, for the most part, it was us reading this play with emotion, you know, but, for some reason, having that script in my hand just tore me to pieces. Mm. I just felt like I have to rely on this, and how am I going to connect with you? And you know, as as the performer, yeah, and still be able to to read my lines. But what was so great, and I and I don't say this to pat us on the back by any stretch of the the imagination, because I know what we were doing, but. The, the the greatest compliment that we received was, you know, I forgot that you guys had scripts in your hands. I think that's what everybody is hoping when you do a stage reading. Yeah. That you forget the script. And that, that you forget the script is there. Um, yeah. I mean, I know in the beginning, whenever I lost my spot and I was going, man, I'm just making noise trying to <laughs> fill the void until I found wherever I was, which, you know, is the, is this, that's terrifying. That's a horrible place to be. But right. You know, for me, that nervousness wasn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It it like it kind of awoke something in me yeah. again. That I felt like it kind of been lying dormant of of raising the stakes so much more. And you know, I, I it's just been a while since right. I've been in that position, and it was so nice. You know that that makes me think of um, when we did um, the Foreigner, mm-hmm. and I have this picture in my phone, and I have it saved because I thought it was such a moving moment in that our friend Jeremy Shepard, he was standing off to the side at the beginning of the entire show and he watched it Mm -hmm. from the wings. Yeah. And to, to me, it was like, he had this sense of wonder of, and, and it just reminded me of my roots of watching a show Mm -hmm. from beginning to end, even though I'm not in the scenes and, and seeing everybody do this beautiful job. And not that I don't do it now. And that's like one of the greatest, in community theater, one of the greatest compliments you can receive is having everybody watch your stuff from the wings, right? Oh, because yeah. you're doing something that's really funny or really engaging or really cool. Or just everyone in the cast is so in the show. Like yeah. they, are in, they are supporting and, and want to tell the story. Yeah. And so they're not about like, well, I'm just going to go back to my dressing room and wait for my cue. Yeah. It's, I want to be present. I want to be here in this moment in any way I can. And if that's watching from the wings, see you succeed, then that's what I'm going to do. And that is what I love so much. That's mm -hmm. why I think people say, you know, it's a family because, you know, so much of, even in uh, my professional career was about watching other people succeed. Yeah. And, and really, you know, reveling in it and just being so happy for them that they got the moment that, that we've all been working for or yeah. that, you know, that they've been striving to get and that they succeeded in that. And so, so speaking to that point, I, I'm curious to know as there is a lot of egos and, and I have this friend um, who, who lives in LA who does this, he's one of the greatest production people I've ever seen. I hope he becomes a famous director because I want to see like some of his ideas come to screen 
but he was talking. Well, and it would be nice yeah, to, yeah, yeah. for him to do that. Because you're also, again, rooting for your friends, right? <laughs> Kayam Khan is his name, and if you ever need anything done production-wise, he is brilliant. He's one of the most brilliant <laughs> minds out there. So, um, But in, in talking, uh, and not to really name him and then throw him under the bus for this, but... <laughs> oh, I, I love it. In talking with him, we... We, we got to talking about people that live out in L.A. and and social media promoters and things like that mm-hmm. and how vapid like those conversations can be a lot of times. Yeah. And and, you know, it it, it just kind of makes me glad to be involved in community theater. Yeah. Because, I mean, as somebody who has been there and is in it, I, it's it's one of those things where you have a business. and yeah. Your business is you. And so whenever you go to school or whenever you're in the world, the thing that you're taught the most is you have got to sell yourself. Yeah. Like that's what you're doing. You're, you are the product. And so I think people get so lost in being the product that they kind of forget who they are. I know I did. Mm-hmm. And Well, that's what I was trying to lead you into. Oh, because sorry. And I just I was, jumped to you. I was very curious to know, like, um, you know, because you said you were rooting for your friends, but I'm sure that... It's, there was a little bit of jealousy underneath the surface. So what, I guess the question I'm really leading to is, what was the moment that you knew that you wanted to do this back in your hometown? Mm. Oh, wow. If there was a moment, a I lot. mean, and not to be too you personal. Know, no, but. there's, um, you know, for me, the, the moment that whenever I knew that I wanted to come home and to do this, you know, I had just done, and I talk about it all the time because it was a huge experience in my life, but I had done Montana Shakespeare in the Parks, which is a huge educational outreach tour where they pull professional actors from um, larger metropolitan cities like Minneapolis and Chicago and New York and California and um, and bring them... <laughs> California is not a city. And Los Angeles. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so weird how I just assume people, I would say California people are like, oh, yeah, L.A. L.A., yeah. It's kind of like, oh, Louisiana. Right, New Orleans. Okay, mm-hmm. moving on. Um, and then they would bring them up to Montana and you rehearse two shows and then you go out and you do what I call the Peace Corps of acting. I mean, you're just like, <laughs> you're thrown to the wolves, essentially. You get, you know, you're, you're packing... Um, the uh, massive set around all of Montana and Idaho and Wyoming and Washington, and you're building the set and tearing it down every single day. And it is a full stage with a balcony and you're doing that with your costumes and your props. And it is, you know, a lot of people talk about things like this, these experiences and they're like, and it was so thankless, but this was the opposite. I mean, you go into these towns with, we went to this one place called Bernie, Montana, and Bernie has 12, maybe 15 people in the whole town. We pulled in. We went down this long dirt road. And at the end of it was a pole that had arrows uh, attached to it with the last name of who lives in what direction. <laughs> and that was the town. And we performed there. And, you know, hundreds of people showed up for yeah. that performance, which was just insane. And we performed on top of a bluff. It's beautiful. And you're getting to do Shakespeare for these people. And this has been a long-running come company it's yeah. 45 years i think is what it's been running now and um and these communities have been watching shakespeare you know some of them since they were babies and now they're in their 40s and 30s or you know 50s mm-hmm. and they have kids and they're doing the same thing and they all have a huge knowledge of all of shakespeare's shows and they're ranchers and they're farmers and it is gorgeous and they're so in tune with that part of the arts and I think it's just such an amazing amazing program but getting to go into these towns there was this moment in Malta Montana and um, it was July the 4th and it was hot 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 (laughs) and um, which was also kind of crazy because later it snowed but it was Montana yeah right so it was hot and we were performing in in Malta in front of this courthouse and the stage was set up and it was really pretty but the gnats were crazy and we were doing the restoration comedy that day and we were just, all of us were over it. Like, we didn't want to do it anymore. We were like, this was, oh, this was a bad idea. I just want to go back to the hotel. That's all. That's what we wanted. And we got to the end of the show. And uh, oh, also another weird thing was that the sun had fallen and it was super bright on the stage and about 15 feet in front of it. Uh. And so nobody sat near the front of the stage. They were so far away. So it was like... 
looking out into the distance, performing for people, you know, so far away is what it felt like. And it was just, it was a rough, rough show. You know, not every show is going to be magic or you're not going to feel when you're doing that many. But um, afterwards, this little girl came up and I'm going to make it through this without crying. But this little girl came up and she, (laughs) she was wearing the, just like the cutest weird kid thing. She was wearing like bright orange neon socks with, flip flops and um a hat that she had colored herself with like a marker that was red and blue and uh because it was july the fourth and some like pink overalls or something i mean she just was really really fun and had face paint on and she came backstage while we were tearing stuff down which is was kind of like oh man okay here we go we're just trying to change you know right and this kid comes up and she she just says, thank y'all so much. She's, oh, the other thing was that she's five. Um, <laughs> for, left that part out. Yeah. So this five-year-old comes back there with her brother. And um, she says, thank y'all so much for coming. Um, I loved the show. And we were like, oh, my God, this cute kid. And we were like, thank you. Thank you for watching. We hope that you had a good time. She said, yeah, I look forward to this all year. And we said, that's amazing. And she said, yeah, I have a calendar. And I guess the year before they didn't come. And she was heartbroken about it, Mm -hmm. that she had missed it the year before. And her mom said, yeah, she's literally counted down the days until this performance. And, um, and it was, she said, oh, we, we drove 45 minutes to get here. We, and I said, where do you guys live? And she said, well, we live on a ranch. And she's like, she was talking about it, but it was just hard. It was so hard not to cry the whole time because there's this five-year-old. I mean, she's five, and she's excited to watch a George Buchner <laughs> like <laughs> restoration <laughs> comic, the recruiting officer. Like she was yeah. excited for that. But this was like their big moment of come to town. And then she said, "Oh, and I and I wore my my fancy outfit." And that was the other thing. And that just broke me down. And she said she wore a fancy outfit. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm done." Um, but that moment made me really get over myself. And yeah. I think up until, because that was about like week three. I think we'd only been performing for three weeks up to that. And I think all the way up until then, which is really sad, because I had been performing for about maybe seven years by the time I got this job. And that moment with that girl back there telling me how much she loved this experience and how much she looked forward to it in this community that didn't have much and didn't have any arts programming except for these professional actors coming into town once a year. And it it just kind of shattered my whole existence of, of what I felt theater was for me. Because up until then, I was a very, very selfish performer. Mm. I mean, it was for me. And, and I did have a lot of jealousy about, you know, the things that you don't get. And you've got friends or you're dating somebody and they get something. And yeah. you're like, oh, my, of course, you know, because, you know, somebody else, they're friends with somebody <laughs> else and it's all politics or whatever. And you just are constantly going through that. And then you know, for this moment to happen, when I came back to the city, uh, when I came back to Chicago and we started performing, you know, again, and I was going around to these auditions and it was almost kind of like something in my brain had switched. Yeah. And I would go to these parties or to a show or to an opening and you'd be hanging out afterwards and you just kind of hear everyone constantly talking about themselves. And, Mm. and it's hard, you know, it's a hard line because of course they're doing like what we were saying. They're, they're networking. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just, it seemed all so meaningless. Yeah. I think for me and I just didn't know what to do. And I honestly felt really lost. I felt so, so lost. And when the opportunity arose for me to come home, I really resisted it. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was something I wanted to do mostly because like what we talked about earlier uh, on in the show about didn't want to be seen as a failure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot to get over, but you know, I, I, I think choosing to come back and to get back to the roots of why I started this to begin with and making it more about the community and not about just one person and their experience and their fame. I mean, there are people that want to be famous yeah, and that's, they, they go into theater, they go into, to performing to be famous, to get those accolades. And that is totally fine, but not everybody can be that way. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I realized that's not what I wanted and being able to come back. I mean, so many great things happened because 
I chose for that to happen. I mean, I've met such a, I've, I've met and become a part of such a great community. Yeah. I met my wife. I, um, I get to go to work and teach kids about something that I love every yeah. day, which is amazing. And, you know, to think that all of that was from one decision. I feel like that I've talked about that a lot, these yeah. pivotal moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it was a very, that was a pivotal moment. It was, it was walking my dog in the park and realizing I don't want to see rats every day. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to go back to Louisiana. You know, it's kind of like that. Um, you had said to me one time, you know, people that don't make sense in this area have to exist. Yes. In this area. Much and not like just here, but like Christian in, who did our intro and yes. Josh who took our photos. Exactly. We have to have them. Like the, these people just give so much to, to this, com- to not just this community, but communities that, that they exist in nationwide or worldwide really. Mm-hmm. And, and having, having theater basically open the door to sort of like other cultures, other ways of life almost. Well, that is one thing in a in a small community. That's probably one of the biggest things that I think theater can do. You mm-hmm. know, in in communities that are smaller, most of the time you're dealing with people that are of lower economic status, and with that becomes you know they don't get to travel as much. Yeah, and they're not a, exposed to other people's ways of life, and they don't get to see that. And theater, I think, you know, you're doing plays written by people from all around the world. Yeah. And you're bringing their experience and making it relatable to people here. It was just like we did uh, last year. We did Oliver, which mm-hmm. is a musical, and um, written by John Barton, based off of Charles Dickens' novel Oliver. Yeah. And you know, here's this man. Uh, oh my goodness, I should know this by heart. I feel like it was the. <laughs> I'm not naming dates. How about that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, for some reason, I was going to say 1864, but I don't know where that number, it might be right. It's probably wrong. 1800s, maybe. Here I am again. I'm the wrong person to ask. Just jumping down the rabbit hole of trying to name a date. Um, Anyway, here's this man in, in London who obviously had a very different life, who grew up in a time where he went to poor houses and and his father was a gambler. But... And, and he had to rise above that. Yeah. And he found that through arts, through writing. And here I am performing his show in small Marksville, Louisiana, with people who probably have a very similar upbringing. Mm, yeah. I mean, obviously, times are different. But when you look at it just base level, here is somebody who had a very poor upbringing, who missed out on a lot of things because of that, who's, you know, family life was probably not the best and made overcame that and made the best for himself and his family. And we have the opportunity to tell that story and bring some commonality there mm-hmm. and make it relatable. And, you know, you've got people up on stage and they're performing this show. And the hope is, I think that everyone who watches that leaves just a little bit more with a broader understanding of the world yeah, and understanding that really none of us are that different that there is so much commonality oh, yeah. between all of our, you know, our cultures and our lives might, our, our experiences might be, um, might be different, but it on the whole, like so much of us as human beings come from the same place. Yeah. Um, it, you know, well, <laughs> was that not what I needed to say? No, no, no. That was beautiful <laughs> and loquacious. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it reminds me of when I did uh, uh, the Diary of Anne Frank mm-hmm. um, in that show, and and again, you know, community theater has afforded me the opportunity to play characters that you know in the professional world I would never have the opportunity to. Well, and which it's is also great. like it gives you the opportunity as a person and a member of the community to then really put yourself yeah in those people's shoes. So not only is it amazing for the audience to be able to watch this and to get this mm-hmm. story told in a way that you know it. it, it it hits their heart a little bit more, which I think yeah. is more what it is. It's, it's, it goes to people's hearts, not to their minds. Oh, for sure. And for you to be able to put yourself in the same mind space and where, you know, these people's hearts were in that time is huge. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then, 
it, on top of that, having a director, because I normally play very comedic roles, but having a director give me the opportunity to take on a more serious role. Mm-hmm. And, and the character that I played uh, comes on about an hour into the show. And it was the first time in, it was the first time I'd ever done a show that I had to fight for the audience to trust me. Mm-hmm. So you come on so late, and there's already this high tension, right? Yeah. You've got this, these people that are hiding from this Nazi regime, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have this outsider come in, and everyone's like, I don't trust you, <laughs> right? And it, when, it was so cool to, as a performer, feel the audience be like, why would you bring anybody else into this? Why, mm-hmm. would, you, why would you bring someone different into this? And, and to see like that perspective... Yeah, come into it from the audience, and like you, you know, when when you're a performer and you have to fight for the audience, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's totally awesome, and you're like, I'm a I'm a have my moment. Well, especially but, because <laughs> the payoff for that is so huge. Whenever yeah. you you win and yeah. you feel them switch and right? they become on your team, that's a and and it thing. was so cool to to sort of see a local audience see a side of maybe what was happening at that time that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knows like, Oh, the diary of Anne Frank, you know, this little girl, but you didn't know what happened in that attic. Right. So you're, you're, you're seeing it. And, and much like to, to how you had said it, you're, you're bringing other people into this, into a world that they haven't really been able to be invited to. Yeah. And that's one thing that's so beautiful about theater is, is the intimacy of it, of you're in a room that someone else is in and they're performing right in front yeah. of you. That's at the base level. That is what, and, and that forms a connection. Oh, for sure. That you're not going to get from, you're just not going to get that any other way. Well, you know, I'll say this in film, they have this thing called playback. Like the actors shoot the scene and they'll oftentimes walk behind the monitors where mm-hmm. they see the, you know, within the frame and they'll say, let me see the playback. And then they enter in a way that is a- appealing to the camera, but on stage, you're appealing to the character right? and to the other actor. Well, and I think it happens much more like it happens in real life. Even though you have a script in your hand, you, you only have one go at it. You know, yeah. there's, there's only one time. Yeah. You're never going to be able to take that moment back. It happened. Much like that water bottle that fell out of yeah. <laughs> the cow. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, you know, the other thing that, uh, that we didn't really touch on, there's so many, so, so many... Um, things that that an that an art that an, an arts a thriving arts community and an arts program brings to um small rural areas but you know another another thing that's also really huge is people focus so much on you know like oh well you're going to be good in sports in high school because you're going to get a scholarship and go to college mm-hmm. the same thing in theater yeah i mean there are theater scholarships there are theater schools that will bring you in and i think that's one thing that in our community um, you know, we, we were talking earlier to my, my wife, Lexi, and she is an educator as well as somebody who runs a nonprofit theater yeah. company. And so really, if we had one more microphone, we probably would have just had her on and she would have been able to speak oh, about yeah, this she more eloquently yeah. than us. Um, but she did say, you know, you, you look at the, the opportunity that gives the kid for scholarships in mm-hmm. the future. You know, when you have somebody who's not good at throwing a baseball or a football and, they have the opportunity to express themselves and then that can then further them along to rise above maybe, you know, their humble upbringings. That's huge. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as far as education goes, it's just not, maybe it's just not readily available in people's minds to say, yeah, I'm going to, I want to push this kid into the arts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. I don't, I don't know if it has always been this way. I don't know if it's just if people think, you know, we're, sports is the avenue. Um, but I don't know why, why the arts. I don't, I don't know this question. I'm just like I'm talking about it yeah. with no solution. But I don't know why the arts get the back burner. And always. And they're the, also the things that, you know, in my mind are the most important. Mm-hmm especially in the life lessons that they teach. I mean, I, I just, I think it's invaluable. Agreed. A hundred percent. Um, which is, which is what's crazy. Cause you know, in this area for being as small as we are, we have a massive amount of theater opportunities, right? Well, I do think, you know, Louisiana, we are 
a very culturally diverse community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so much of our, you know, where where we live um, in in Marksville is kind of where I would say <laughs> the like southern Cajuns take over. It's yeah. like that's the line. Uh, but you know, Cajun culture is so much about food, music, and dancing. Yeah, and two of those things are a big part of theater. <laughs> and, you, you know, we talked about food on the, stage. So and that's we did definitely talk about food. But, you know, the perfor- that's, that's all it is. It's about performing and having a good time and expressing yourself. Yeah. And so much of our culture, even in food, is about expressing yourself and pouring, you know, pouring your soul into this dish or whatever. And I think that we're already, like our minds are already willing to give ourselves to something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, lost my train of thought. It's gone. <laughs> oh, As, you talked about the multiple theater companies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was great for our community being so small and that, you know, competition breeds excellence. Yes, it does. And I think that having competition is awesome as far as, you know... <sighs> In, in a different way with theater, I don't think that it should ever be like, we are better than them. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely think yes. it should be like, I want to rise to the occasion yes. and to, to meet these people on their level. And I want to, like, in my mind, competition in theater is about building each other up. Yes. Not about pushing someone else down. It's like, I don't want to be, like, it's it's crazy. Because it, it's it, you don't want to be a part of what is known as, like, the one good show a year when there are, what, what, what do we have in this town? We have like too a many. Mul- yeah, well, too many for for how small of a town this right, is. Right in Alexandria, but y- y- it's something like eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like the the flashiest, but I do want to 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 do a show and people walk away either thinking or changed. I, I think the thing that I don't ever want people to walk away from is feeling sort of indifferent. Right, like yeah. it just happened. Well, you want everybody to have and an that, experience, and that for when sure. people have that experience, hopefully. The next show that a company does is like, well, I don't want that either. So let's let's do this. Let's right. do that. Let's do this. And for, well, I think there's a difference between competition and challenging each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I, I guess I really the challenge, challenge you to, to be better. Yes, yeah. yeah. The challenge, I think, is what it is. I also think that you know so much about theater is about watching theater and mm-hmm. learning, yeah, and yeah. seeing other people perform, and then taking some of those ideas and uh, that, that that you see from them, like their lights and their sound and, and what they're putting into the show and then using that as inspiration to then help you move along the way because I think everyone's end goal is about producing a good show that someone will leave changed in some way yeah, for yeah, the yeah. better, of course. And, and you know, to, to see, to, to, to feel and to think in a different... Like, to learn empathy is really what I think it's about. It's about seeing something and then taking whatever situation that was and applying it to your own life and becoming a better person for that. And I think that's what is so special. I mean, I think what a lot of things about what is special about theater, but I think that is one of the most special things is that we have the opportunity to produce something that can literally affect change. Right. And I think whenever people get really caught up in the I'm better than you and you're better, oh, and yeah. they've completely lost sight of of what it is about why they showed up to that first audition oh yeah in the first place to to you know tell a story and to have a good time and to find that sense of family yeah to especially to find that sense of because family. we're all misfits oh yeah and you know there's no sense in us all i'm the elf trying it. to be a dentist there you go i don't want to build <laughs> toys anymore so when you first said that i was like what <laughs> Hey, you know what? I think um, I I'm not sure if we eloquently talked about this topic. Really, um, hopefully there are some gems yeah. in this treasure chest of a podcast. And <laughs> there, you know, the beauty of this is that people can't see the faces that you make at me. <laughs> and um, you know, somebody takes something away because yeah. just like with our with our. Th- theatrical endeavors For sure. we would hope that when you listen to this or when someone listens to this that you know you learn something or you take something away that sparks an interest that then you will then go and look something up or, oh 100 and learn and support the arts 
course, I'm sure that you do support the arts if you're listening to this. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially this far in. <laughs> All right, so do that thing whenever you uh, you make it awkward. Uh, that's me? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, well, everyone, this has been Seed and Partners, and I'm Chris. Nope, and... that's Cody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Chris, and that was Cody. <laughs>